Camber House. Give me my respect. Welcome to Camber House. Now rocking with the best. Join your hosts, Jeremy and James, as they take an unfiltered and uncensored look at the car industry and motorsport across the globe. You can't find the right tool in this garage. You don't belong near a car. Welcome to the home of car culture. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Full house, not camera house today. Uh, we're calling this a two-wheel special. Some two-wheel drive. There are four wheels, but it's two-wheel drive. Well, it's been a long day. Right. <laughs> That's what I meant. Uh, in the house today, we got, to my left, Mr. Neil Armstrong. Hi. How are you going? That's good. What's up? Got him off already. Uh, returnee, Rhett Watson. Rhett, what's happening? Good, man. What's up? Good. Jeremy with arguably the worst shirt in the history of motorsport. Please stand up. Yeah, I mean, it looked a lot better online than it did in reality, and I don't actually care if you don't like it because I also don't like it. Good, perfect. Thanks, Josh Reed in the house. Josh, how you doing? Good, thank you. Good, and the one and only Roger Mans. Hello. Good. Thanks for coming in today, boys. Yeah, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, I think this has been the most requested, well, at least two wheel drive panel discussion. Yeah. You name it, a lot of people wanted to hear from you guys. So yeah. Jay, you want to take it away? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, uh, yeah, thanks again for coming in, guys. Obviously, the two-wheel drive class tends to be one of the more popular ones in Barbados, and I think um, coming out the back of Rally Barbados this year and the kind of Rally Barbados special we did, um, it appeared as though there was a lot of... Um, I guess there's always been a lot of talk about the two-wheel drive group in general for lots of different reasons, um, but I guess between this and banning the WRC cars seems to be a fairly hot topic. Um, off the back of Rally Barbados. So we wanted to get you guys in um, as some of the more experienced two-wheel drive guys. For the record, I did reach out to Andrew Jones, um, who is the reigning two-wheel drive champion, but he was unable to make it today. Um, so we just kind of pulled together the best of the rest. Is that how he got invited then? That's how, yeah, yeah, that's primarily so. why. Neil is really filling a seat more Thanks, than anything Andrew. else. <laughs> Um, no, nah, so I guess what we wanted to start with is just like briefly talk about, obviously all of you guys have been driving two-wheel drive cars for a very long time. So just in, you know, maybe Roger, we start with you. Um, you know, in as brief terms as possible, how, you know, can you talk a bit about how you think the two-wheel drive class has kind of developed, let's say over the last 10 years? Um, I would say really good, in my opinion. Um, grown from strength to strength. Um, we have lost a little bit of competitors. Some, some like Dan, obviously moved on to WRC. Um, so a few people have moved out. Um, but I, I think the way the class has gone, where it's uh, like a brake horsepower per ton, uh, so it's based on uh, CCs to weight. It works really good. Uh, up to stage, I, I think when we get around maybe 2,400 CCs or so, and you get up into like wrecked CCs, those cars have a bit of a disadvantage because they're just bigger cars to move through the stages. Um, but sort of like the 1800 up to 2400 cc is really the sweet spot. The cars could be 1900, two liter, and they're still racing together. 2200 cc, right. still close together racing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's been working well. Yeah, cool. And obviously, your, your car, well, you've gone through like tons of iterations of your Starlet. Yeah, yeah, I, I struggle to remember what's in it now. <laughs> 
But I mean, I think it's, and it's cool because both you and Josh actually, like Josh, is, Josh has been driving. I mean, you've been driving the same car from the very beginning and it's just continued to grow, to grow. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> it's continued to kind of grow and develop throughout the year. So maybe you could just share on like a bit about how you feel about where your car started versus kind of where it is now. Yeah. Um, as you said, it was when I, when I started rallying it wasn't i really didn't have a vision in terms of where it was going to end up but i just started where it was easiest for me to start at the time that was group s um started basic and over a 10-year period i would say kind of developed the car to a point that it became fairly competitive with fastest two-wheel drive guys that are in this room now um and it has been a it's been a journey for sure you know it is yes it's the only car i've ever rallied um i would like to experience something different at some point but for the time being, it's, it's certainly an adrenaline rush, which I enjoy. So. Anything in particular you'd like to drive? Uh, yeah, sure. There's, there's things, I mean, there's many things I would like to drive. I think wherever, whatever else I was to try, there needs to be a competitive group because the competition, I, I've experienced rallying where there's no competition and where there's fierce competition, and there's, there's no comparison between the two. So wherever I go, it needs to be somewhere that's competitive. So And pr- pr- probably four-wheel drive to, to experience that. Okay, yeah. cool. Appreciate it. Uh, quickly before you, we move on, Roger driving the zero car at Rally Barbados. Are you crossing over to BMWs full time or what's no, that? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. What uh, was it like? Uh, it was uh, boring, <laughs> 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 but uh, I still had a lot. We still made it a lot of fun. We had music licking inside AC, um, and me and Carbs talked the most roller shite, as you can imagine, especially when I got any long straights because they just took forever. <laughs> This is the most banter we ever had on the intercom ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Right. Um, so, and I just wanted to touch on what Josh said there were, like, same thing with what I didn't say before, um, how the two-wheel drive cars are now. Like, my, the version that my car is now, where I've got it to, it is the most awesome car I've ever dr- driven. From compared to where we started with, like, Starlets and how they used to be and yeah. where it's developed to now, to get into it and drive it is just pure joy. Yeah, it looks pretty well from awesome. the outside. Um, what's the plan with the style? Because it's where is it? It's home. It's good. It's waiting on an airbox to come back from okay. the UK, which I've been royally screwed. Um, as usual, everybody blames blames everything on COVID. Right. So uh, I follow in that. There basically COVID has held it back because mm-hmm. the gentleman making it is struggling to get raw supplies. Um, but he's talking. He's back on the job now, and we, I should have a product by the end of December. Okay. Cool. Perfect. Neil, you've been out of the game for a minute. But at one point in time, the three of you guys used to have some pretty epic two-wheel drive battles. Um, you want to talk to us a bit about maybe why you're taking a bit of a hiatus? Hopefully it's temporary. Um, yeah, we definitely had some epic battles over the years. Um, some fierce competition. Uh, definitely had a couple of years where three of us were at it. and Red, obviously, but Starlets were, I guess, closer um, grouped together. And then got an opportunity to move up to um, to a different ride, so I couldn't really not take it. Had to take it, and you know, in the scheme of progression, the grand goal of progression, I yeah. guess. And then moved away from it, and then came back to it briefly. I think in 2015, and um, had some issues. I think we blew the engine in 2015 or 16, and decided to take a break. Um, yeah, but would love to would love to get the car going again. My goal is just to get the car get the car going. And then figure out what we'll do with it after that, one step at a time. Uh, but working on that at the moment, uh, slowly in the background. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Um, no, no schedule in mind. No deadline. No. You know, when it happens, you know, it happens. When it happens, it happens. And no goal. But right. just need to uh, need to 
preserve it basically yeah. is the is the, the mode I'm in now just to get it back together and then we'll get it driving and starting and going and then we'll figure out what happened from decide when to go racing yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly would you are you like them and, and would agree that your car last you drove it was at its most epic iteration well having you see once they once they once they like they open that once they open that uh, that WRC curtain and, and you step yeah. in behind there yeah. you, you know you get to experience um, in terms of driver feedback you get to experience some things that um, it, it kind of gets your brain ticking. It's like, okay, this is this is how it's supposed to feel. Now let's try to to, to, to make Starlet feel like that. So in terms of uh, a performance, a raw performance like speed and braking, turning, I mean that's fine. But in terms of like how the the mechanical aspects of it all work together, like your steering, for example, your steering, how the steering felt in coming back from the WRCT Starlet, it was like, it was pretty shocking how, you know, how like raggedy the Starlet felt. So yeah. there are definitely certain aspects that I would love to address, um, but that will come over time. Did you enjoy your time in the, in the SX4? I sure, I sure as hell did. Yeah. As hell did. I mean, there's no, you, you get a, you get a rally car on gravel, it's like, it's just, it's just nothing like, yeah. nothing like that. It's like, so you put on like an Iron Man suit, basically, you know, you, you they're invincible. It, yeah. You can do anything. You think what it happens. It's, yeah. it's, you can describe it. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing like that. I mean, I guess I think on gravel specifically, um, I think about my front, my two wheel drive cars that is front wheel drive. So I am coming from a totally different, um, like aspect than like Raj and Josh and Rhett. We'll have that steering problem if it was rear drive. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So, so exactly as Roger said, I have a, I have issues that um, these are specific to your front wheel drive. To my yeah, problem, yeah. Yes, and and it's not like I can't blame anyone because it's my own doing. Yeah. Fair <laughs> 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 enough. Uh, I chose to go down this road, so yeah. yeah but in, in terms of um, small things on the car, I would like I I know can be improved upon. Let me just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Right. Yeah. From an escort? Well, I didn't a really start it, so... Uh -huh. I didn't really start it. No, you so. did not. <laughs> escort yeah. was first. Yeah, escort was for two escorts. And for first. a long time. For a long time, and then the BMW. And then the um, big bus. Yeah, they came They came a long way. Even even the escort, you know, yeah, grew, closer, it, yeah. didn't, it didn't grow as fast as the as the Beamer and the, and the Starlets would have. Um, it was a bit more of a slow progression. Um, but it came to the point where we had to decide whether to spend... A lot more money in the escort to make it competitive where we want it to be or the beamer was for sale at the time you know that's a easier platform yeah it already had the performance or most of it um, so went that route yeah uh, and then obviously that developed then over nine years to what it is now yeah um, but you know just like what these guys say is it's what it was when they bought it and what it is now two different things yeah um, and also not only performance moves on safety moves on uh, you, you learn, you read a lot, you do your research. Obviously, the, the social media now across the world, you can, you can reach out to so many people. You see a man's video online, you see an awesome, let's, let's use an example, the wing on the back of my car looks like an S12 wing, but it's, it's designed for a BMW. Right. I saw it in a guy's car in Belgium on a video, messaged the person that put out the video, he gave me the contact for the guy, got a hold of the guy, he told me where to get the wing. Right, mm -hmm. ten years ago, you can do that's it. pretty yeah. crazy. Right? Yeah. Small world. So I honestly that. thought it was an S12 mold that you just like hijacked. I, I thought so yeah. too. Yeah. It, it's about four, about four inch, almost four inches wider than an S12 wing. As you would expect, it was a bigger car. Yeah. Right, but 
So stuff like that. So that's where we've got to. So yeah. information, every piece of information, whether it's safety or performance or porn, it's all, it's all <laughs> at your tips, right? Yeah. So yeah, so that's where we are. It's it's come a long way. Yeah. I think Neil, just kicking back to you very quickly. You had a brief stint in I a. Just in want a to clarify. When Rhett said porn, he was talking about toilet starlet stuff on you. I'm internet, assuming. Right? That's, yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. I assume. Yeah, yeah car parks. Where are we going, actually? You had, a, you had a brief stint in a real nice escort a couple of years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that like? That was awesome experience as well. Um, Can we not talk about it? <laughs> no, that was an awesome experience as well. Uh, Rhett's getting a bit upset. It was in Millington. As yeah. Rhett said, it, it, was, it, it needed development for Barbados specifically. Um, the gearing was, was dead off for Barbados. Um, but it had a lot of positive aspects. But the, um, it was the, too long geared? It was very long geared. It only had a five-speed gearbox, which right. I think was wrong. Um, I think a six-speed gearbox is, without a doubt, the way to go, and the gearing was just too tall. So that hindered it in, in Raleigh Barber specifically. But in terms of just enjoyment, um, it's, yeah, that was it's just fantastic. Yeah, it, lo- um, it looked like a lot of sport. So, yeah, that was uh, like checking a box for me, I guess. Yeah. That was kind of my um, uh, re- retirement. Um, that came about as the Starlet it didn't have an engine, and when I looked at the cost of buying a Starlet engine, or getting some sponsors together and using that lump sum of money to do one big thing, <laughs> um, that was the option. That's I mean, it, it, when, when you really when you really boil the cost of these things down, I mean, granted it was a one-off uh, deal, or or you have a Starlet engine for a couple of years, um, that's what it was, and it it just seemed like something. To do. <laughs> All right. Um, just keeping on the light and um, light and topical stuff before we dive in a bit in a bit more depth into like the two wheel drive group in particular. Um, if you, Roger, I'll start with you because you have the mic in front of you, and I'll mm-hmm. pass to Josh. If you could choose, you can't choose the car you currently have, but if you could choose any two wheel drive or four wheel drive car to have right now, cost is irrelevant. You can just pick, and it will be yours and maintained at no cost. What are you going for? RS two hundred. Yeah, Ford RS two hundred. That's not people, what I, I would kill people for one. That's not what I was <laughs> expecting. Well, there's not many of them, that's for sure. No, yeah. uh, there's some good ones around. Yeah, cost is around. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's very difficult. It's very unique to find a space framed. A uh, four-wheel drive car that has double front wishbone suspension, and that has it. It's um, quite a quite a good car. Yeah, I would. Um, I think obviously Roger went pretty technical there. I, I don't know. I don't know what. Um, I mean, there, there are many things I would like to say, but I think it would probably have to be one of the new WRC cars because like current. Yeah, current yeah. because it's just it's just obviously something that in my mind would. Is is very out of reach, um, <laughs> but to experience that, to experience that, and um, and compete in something like that would have to be the ultimate at this point, in my opinion. Yeah. So I, I, I saw um, I saw a video yesterday or the day before of Calais Rovan Rovanpera. Am I pronouncing his name right? Yeah. Jesus young, Christ, young testing young, on yeah. tarmac, dude. These cars are like Group B cars on drugs. Yeah. They're the most insane cars. Like ever, I think the, so I yeah. I mean, it has to be. I think, I think I think that was a good show. Yeah, I think that was a good show, Josh, because they look absolutely insane in the hands of those men. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for uh, in the hands of the of those men. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I think that um, like Robin Perra and Evans, like this, uh, I guess what you would classify or consider as like a young crop, 
these boys are sharp. Yeah. They, I guess maybe they've been brought up in it from very young and been Yeah, I mean, they've been driving so WRC since yeah. they're like 13 or 14 exactly. or something. I think the boys are very, very sharp. It's, in, it's insane to watch. Yeah. Right. If I had to choose one, it'd probably be Mirror's Focus. Really? That, that thing is mental. <laughs> really? You see, he used to trick us and tell us it was only like 500 horsepower. Until I, until I drove a car that had 500, I really uh, no, uh, way more than that. <laughs> right? So yeah, I, I've seen it grow on track. I've been in it, and it's foolish. I would, I would definitely rock that for a couple of yeah, laps for that's, sure. That's, that's an impressive <laughs> bit of kit. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Um, what, 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 what are you going here for, my man? I'll keep on moving on. You don't want to. You don't want anything. <laughs> I don't know. I, I Somebody's guess. giving you something. You don't want to take it. As Josh said, it would have to be a current rally car, or I you know I'm a bit of an Evo fan. So if it was something you want in the garage, it would probably be like a Lan- a 05 WRC Lancer would. Hmm? That'd be sick. Too. Just to have and to hold. That'd be sick. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's let's ask the question about the R5 thing and what you guys think personally on the R5 class if it's good. Um, what are your honest th- thoughts on the R5 class in Barbados? Um, I, I think it's great. I think it's a good uh, a good platform for people uh, that can afford it, that can uh, that are not looking to build a car in their garage. They're not a you know homebrew mechanic. It's mm-hmm. a good platform for someone to just come in at well almost the top of the level in in in, in rallying now because there's only the WRC cars and there's not much of them that are yep. um, there. Um, and obviously proven to be very reliable. So, you know, you spend the cash up front, you get a good, fast, reliable platform to go rallying on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Felt yeah, like that I, was um, a good PC answer yeah. there, Roger. Truth, truth. I can't disagree. I think um, the R5 right now, if I had to pick something else to do, it probably would be that because the competition is there, they're reliable. I mean, that's one aspect of things that... that you know, I continuously, and probably we continuously battle with is is having something that you don't have to to, to pour hours and hours and hours into it just to make sure it's going to work. Mm-hmm. I think that attracts me more than anything else to something like that. It's having something reliable. Um, but the R5 class is, I, I think it's one of the best things. The competition is there, and um, I certainly would like to experience it at some point. Okay, so. cool. Nilo? Amen. Total agreeance. <laughs> what everyone has said right <laughs> do you have an opposing view no, 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 <laughs> okay. no, um, I, I, just to add to it I think it's great that we've seen a lot of those cars come to Barbados um, and we have a competitive group because the natural progression that's a stepping stone between Group S and War Rally Car yeah um, for a lot of people the War Rally Car is going to be out of reach for fewer it'll be R5 will be out of reach and Group S says you can run anything, whether it's standard or modified. Yeah. Um, so I think it's very, very good. The competition is real, real close. And it's not just one make of car. Yeah. You know, there's there's, there's a few cars. And there's a few that haven't even come here yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, true. French brands. Yeah. So I think it's very good. Yeah. I think, yeah, we, I mean, we talked about it extensively. And I think that, I think one of the most appealing things, at least for like, from, you know, not even necessarily for like a spectator point of view, but I just think as like a motorsport enthusiast, I think it's always great when you have cars that are so close or identical to one another. <laughs> And then, I mean, the like simplest, most basic example is when they had that like swift group at Bushy Park. I mean, that was somebody, I mean, it was hilarious, but it was some of the best racing too. You know, the cars are so close and everybody's almost on a level playing field because you could argue that, oh, well, the Ford has this platform, it's better and it's good, whatever. Maybe to drive, but, but not to watch. 
Sure. Yeah, but you know I what? Mean, though, like, I would you. I, I, I zone out. But this is my. <laughs> but this is part of are you why. Are you talking about the Swifts I, or the R5? I'm, R5 honestly, I'm saying Swifts, both. I'm saying actually I both. Zone all oh, you think they're boring? I, right. Not that they're boring. If you this, stand up and watch one and study it, cool. But then when there's like a pack of ten, it's like a, like a bunch of bees passing me. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you don't know who's who. You don't know which is what. But I just know. think from like a from like a pure motorsport enthusiast perspective, it sure. just makes it more exciting. As in, everybody's on a level. Yeah, level yeah that's what field. I mean. Yeah, yeah. which yeah, I think I is agree why there. I agree there. we have this discussion because a lot of people would like to see you know, all of you get an R five class at one point. Yeah, to race everybody on even machinery, pretty much um, to see who would come out on top. I think that's what people probably you know would dream of seeing. But to me, it's just, I wasn't impressed that much Fair with the enough. R5 class. I just think the like, other frustrating thing. I'd rather watch SM2 and, and just see people going, you know, just actually driving the cars. Like I think the, other, the only frustrating thing that Josh touched on with uh, cars like what these guys rally and like cars of that, of this nature that are highly built and um, very kind of custom and specific is the reliability, right? So like all three or all four or five or six, they all could start. And it's like, yeah, they got six men now that could challenge not only four wheel drive cars, but it's like a great two wheel drive battle. And more often than not, one, two, three, four, five of them let go and some shit goes wrong. And you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it sucks for a spectator, but it must suck way more for y'all because well, as Josh said you that's usually as a result of the stage miles because we usually calculate for a certain distance and if your rally's longer I would tack on to what Josh is saying there when we I think out, Josh is talking shit so don't no, take that seriously <laughs> when, we, when we all go out and do the one day rallies all of us finish all of us yeah. come back home yeah um, as soon as we have these rallies where the, there's more than one day multiple venues um, and certainly when rallies come around like Rally Barbados we're going on to stages that are bumpy as hell um, whereas like the double header, double header single day rallies they tend to find like Lambert's all smooth uh, Kendall all smooth stages that the cars don't shake to bits so um, so why so you <clears throat> why why is it then that the cars can't handle the longer rallies in your opinion and 1984 yeah. <laughs> Dude, but well, to be fair, nothing in those is 1984. Come on. Because nothing because, in them is 1984. I, very, very simply, um, cars like R5s and WRC cars, not only are they built for tarmac, they're built to go into gravel. And as soon as a car, yes, they will put on lighter suspension for tarmac, no, doubts about, no doubt about it. But the cars are still built like tanks to handle gravel, to, hand, to go to Greece, to go to, you know, tough events. Um, and to give you an example, my brother's Fiesta, modern car, we, they put that down through Hangman Hill, the state, probably the worst condition stage in, the, in Barbados, and he has a rose joint on the back that is one inch in diameter, the threads, big, big, big diameter, hit in a pothole, shared it clean off. Yeah, we couldn't believe it, never seen a one inch rose joint break in our life. And that's just the condition in the road. So we, we were building our cars for like tarmac, yes, but not that bumpy, bumpy time. And then, it, and then they, drop, uh, they drop it and say, oh, God, swing through Vought Loose. Woo! You know, <laughs> the cars ain't built for that. We build Tarmac Terriers. That's what they are. And, and the Tarmac Terriers show their colors when we have these single-day rallies. Because they pick nice stages, nice venues, and we go there and have a whale of a time. But then Rally Barbies comes along. We need to get the longer stage, stage mileage. The organizers are under pressure to give you the longer stage mileage because overseas guys, they want longer stages. Um, and then, yeah, we go through these roads that, in my opinion, just shake the cars to bits. So it's tough. I just want to add on to, to what they're saying. For me personally, um, 
50% of my enjoyment of my car is actually working and developing my car. Um, I'm, I'm not sure about the rest. And I know Roger might be a little mm. bit the same. More I, than 50%. I enjoy, I enjoy not only driving it, but, but working on it. Right? That's, that's my hobby. That's my thing. Right? Whether it's making the car faster or making it more reliable or making it safer or whatever, development to the next stage, next level, that's what I enjoy as well. It's that side of it as well as driving it. No, that's not everyone's cup of tea. No, Neil here. Just likes to drive. Yeah, I'm here to drive. No, no, and that's fair. I know both you and Roger. I know Josh even him, you know, does a lot of work on, he, on his car himself too. I'm sure Neil does as well. He might not hey, like hey, it. Hey, yeah, no, I did. Like, yeah, I, I've yeah, seen you tighten the harness before. But like, so I hear you on that point, right? But would you not spend, like Josh, would you, I mean, I know because I've years and years back come and helped basically do nothing. More so company than actually help. Um, but like, I know how much stress and time and effort goes into Rally Barbados. So like, surely it would be more enjoyable for you to spend less time worrying about whether the car is going to hold up. And maybe even if you have to put in the same amount of work up front, but know that like, you can actually drive the car for the whole weekend and chances are it gonna be, it's going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I've gone to the point where it doesn't, well, I mean, I say gone to the point, obviously, because it's a couple of years they haven't rallied consistently, but I got to the point where I, you know, wasn't overly concerned about if the car was going to make it or not through the event because, I mean, all I could do is all I could do. So I used to put in all the effort I could. I used to, you know, have, have everybody helping me to, to try and get there. And if something, I've had some freak things happen. Like, I mean, I've had, I remember Rally Barbados, first stage, uh, going down the road, press the brakes, the brake paddle goes to the floor, one of master cylinders fail. You know, and it's like, and it's, it wasn't, it was been there for 10 years. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, are these things supposed to last like 20 years? I mean, <laughs> like, you know, so, so no, but I've, I, you know, you have some freak things that happen sometimes and, uh, you know, so many, so many stories, but I think honestly, you have to, as Rhett said, you kind of have to be enjoying that aspect of it in terms of developing the car and understanding that this is going to happen. And, and it's, it's the hand that I have been dealt Right, so, <laughs> so, so this is where I've ended up, and I enjoy it. I mean, when the car is working, and I have when I get a stage right, and the car is spot on, there's just like nothing like it. Nothing. It's, it's like it's it's unbelievable, yeah. um, and those moments make up for all the letdowns, you know. So I don't know. I can't say that I it, it steers me away from it, but there are times certainly where, where when you get get on in life, then times time becomes limited, where you don't have the time to spend doing those things, and you have to rely on people. But there's only so much that everyone can do for you, you know. Yeah. So. I guess it's a, it's a, a give or take, really. Yeah. Neil, you agree? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, it, it's um, there's no way you can get around it working on a rally car. It's it, it. I mean, obviously, Rhett and Rog and Josh, and maybe Josh less a bit less than these guys. Obviously, uh, these guys thoroughly enjoy that's that's part of the sport for them is building and development and tinkering or um, working in the garage and whatnot. And that necessarily is not my kettle of fish i i would i have spent countless hours in a garage There's nothing has nothing has happened in, in, on my start that i wasn't there to to help with and <coughs> be a part of um but yeah it, it um the driving of it is is why i'm why i'm involved not yeah. as much as the development or a fab fabricator and i give the guys total props for that but that's not my uh, that's not my not my jam yeah fair enough Let's take a let's take a quick break and then we'll uh we'll come back and talk a bit more. All right, and we're back. So I think what we want to get into now is a little bit about the regulations of the 
what you want to call it? Yeah, I've just BRC. Seen, I've, yeah, like the or, or just this super modified group. I mean, as we as we kind of said in the beginning, I think there's been, <clears throat> I guess there's always been a lot of talk. There's always been a lot of talk about this group and the cars and and whether or not there's been debates rather about whether or not the cars are safe. Um, or how safe the cars are compared to other cars that compete in rallying. At the end of the day, motorsport is a dangerous sport, so right. there's always some level of risk. Um, but there's definitely been a lot of talk, and you know, I'll put my hand up and say that I've said before that I thought the two-wheel drive cars were um, were more dangerous than other rally cars. Well, in who particular, better, who better to right, say other so than the I think drivers. the whole point now is maybe we could lead into a discussion where perhaps you guys can just share your thoughts, maybe do a bit of educating. <laughs> Um, because as I said, yeah, I think there's, I think there's, a, there's definitely perceptions out there that, um, you know, that these cars are just purely unsafe for the drivers or competitors that, that, um, you know, when, I guess, or when compared to whatever R5 or slower, um, two wheel drive cars. So maybe, um, I don't know, Roger, you want to open the bowling on, on your thoughts around that? How much time you got, buddy? <laughs> Not that long. <laughs> <laughs> I like your radio voice. Neil's got like a little. Hi, this is Neil Armstrong. Um, I, I mean, all, I, I, I kind of knew we were going to be talking about safety. So all I can tell you about the way I think to approach it is what I have done to my car. I, I don't want to zone in on any other other competitors' cars or anything like that. So, so that the world can understand the level that I have gone to to make sure my car is safe. And I also have to make some, some points as well. Uh, first off, the, not talking about my car in general, just talking about safety in general. I want the public to be aware that the heavier a car is, the more dangerous it is. So a car that weighs 900 kilos, when I skin over and I hit the bridge wall, the bridge wall going to hold me. The car that weighs 1,200 kilos, when it skin over, it licking over the bridge wall and it going down the, the gully below. So basically it's inertia, right? And when you start to look at regulations in Ireland, for example, with all these like Mark II escorts that you see flying all over the place and stuff, the regulations actually have like a maximum weight limit. They want to keep the cars light. Mm. Mark II escorts with 2.5 million in it, the maximum weight is 880 kilos. My car now is 900 kilos, to give you an example. Um, I think their minimum is 790 that they're allowed to go down to. Um, in the last five years, there's in Ireland, there's only been deaths in our five cars, no deaths in two wheel drives. Um, so just just to lay that out there, mm -hmm. right? So then we start how, how I built my car. Mm -hmm. um, when I was building this generation of Starlight, um, there was a lot of heat going on with uh, us building roll cages here in Barbados because uh, we were using a material called T45, which is very strong, like chromoly. Very, very tough material. What it allows you to do is use a thinner gauge material, but it then can be as strong as the thicker gauge material, um, which is common practice in the UK, all over the world, blah, blah, blah. But it kind of took Barbados by a bit, a bit by storm that here the M&M workshop was putting in these cages. Um, we were bringing in people from the UK to, to weld it and stuff because it does. you have to know how to weld it, etc. Mm -hmm. So I decided it was time to build another starlet. And I, the first thing I did was we mocked up a roll cage in the starlet out of PVC pipe. And then I measured the cage up, and these measurements went off to the MSA in the UK, which is like a governing body, like the FIA in a way. Yeah. MSA governs motorsport in the UK. Um, because I wanted to get an MSA logbook for the car to show how safe the car was. 
And when they sent the drawing, the measurements of the cage I mocked up to a place called Myra, which you can Google it, um, they're, they're like a safety place. They have a wind tunnel, blah, blah, blah. They've punched all these figures into like comp- computer. The computer comes back, yes, this can pass a crash. This can't pass a crash. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I think that they happened, put it into CFD. CFD, yeah. right. And, and what is the, what are the like, um, what are the like parameters that they are like, yes, this can survive a crash of what? Right, so it's based on the comp- what the weight of the vehicle will be when it's competing, uh-huh. and then they, they, they base a lot of things on the measurements of the cage. So like the, from where the, the foot of the pipe goes to, uh, up to the roof, to the back, the size of your door openings, right. where mm-hmm. the main hoop goes to, a lot of data. I had to give these people a lot of data. But like what kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, what kind of, uh, like what level of impact are they like rating you on? To be or, honest or with you, know? I'm, I'm not sure what the load test, it's called a load test. I, right. they, I'm not sure, I have my document here. I may be able to find <laughs> what it's tested. To. He's got printouts, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I can't remember what it was. No, that's but, fine, but that's fine. What, well, I don't have the actual figure, but what, what's interesting here is, so the first time I sent off all the data, the car failed the test. It couldn't pass it. The first thing it failed for was the size of the door, the door aperture, because it was a four-door shell. And basically, new regulations were that door aperture was too small in case you had a rollover an accident, we couldn't get you out fast enough. It needs right. to be a minimum size to get a, a competitor and like a, a helper in there to get you out. Oh, that's so, surprising. You could split that, say, the side of the car. Neil, can you just wait until the mic's there? Go ahead. <laughs> if not, nobody's going to be able to hear what you're saying. Sorry, I was saying that it, you, you would think that it would be safer, it would be stronger if you could spit that, split the side of the car up into two equal parts and have, a, have, a, have that pillar in the middle. Yeah. That, that would be the stronger well, well, what, car. What, what they say is that it, it hinders then the people getting a, a man that can't exactly. get out the seat out of the car. Like if you have to cut the seat out and not take the driver out of the seat, you need to be able to take yeah. the driver out the car oh, in the seat. You wouldn't yeah. think about that. Right? Um, yeah. So then, obviously in Barbados, we only have four-door starlights. Two doors are like gold. Yep. So the decision was made to take my four-door shell and turn it into a two-door shell by moving the B pillar, giving me a longer door. Yep. When I did that, I just scraped through the, 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 the pass to, for, for that. Yep. Then we had to move some other bars around and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, all that was done to pass and to be able to get this. For those of you listening, he's showing us. I feel like this is the big, si- this is the big MSA national, reveal. national safety cage Where certificate. Like, you know, stands up and says, <laughs> right. And it has a picture of a mic yeah. cage and then we cruise through. Shout out to the mic there, Rog. Sorry, it has a picture of my cage and then we cruise through, pictures of the starlet, all the cage knuckles. That's the same door aperture I was telling you about. Um, so then they so took the, so the aperture on the on the the wider door because yes, you had to obviously this is a, yeah. so this is a fiberglass this is a mold that you created yeah. or what? So, so I'm guessing you I have to. We're talking metal work here. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely what you need to watch if you're listening. Go and watch it instead, or because you're gonna. Yeah, yeah. Josh, get your documents out. <laughs> Rhett, you got yours? Uh, uh, <laughs> right. don't, don't let this shock you. That's what my car looks like with nothing on it. <laughs> right? So this bar here, that B pillar, yes. right, was originally probably there. So you right. moved it back like... We moved it back. Foot? Uh, no, I think eight inches. Okay. Eight or ten inches. And then had to turn the four-door shell into a two-door shell. Right, in essence, to be able to get that opening 
The pass. I gotta, I gotta, no, 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 I gotta take a picture. We're gonna, we're gonna put it on screen. Okay, we'll put it on the screen. Right. Yeah. Um, so that that's to give you an idea of the lengths that, that you've gone I, to. But let me ask, you, let me ask you a question, mm-hmm. or maybe one of you guys can answer because I'm not surprised to see that you've done all this. Mm-hmm. My my gut tells me that this is probably not the extent that every single two wheel drive comparator goes to. Probably no. for a bunch of different reasons. One, they may not feel the need, or and two, I'm assuming this whole exercise was not particularly cheap and or easy. When you flip that one over, you'll see the problem. Um, <laughs> But don't put that one on camera. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> don't put that on camera. Okay, we'll look at that after then. Um, but no, I mean the extent to which you've you've gone obviously is significant. But I like like Josh. I mean, but Josh, Josh, I don't know if you have. Um, I guess yeah. I mean, do you, do you have any kind of thoughts or you know around your perspective on? on kind of some of the things Roger has said. Not, I'm not trying, I just want to have a discussion about this. I'm not trying yeah, to say yeah, that. And I'm not done yet. That Roger continued in. Go ahead, Roger, go ahead. So no, basically to, to, to round it all off, I had to move that pillar um, to pass these regulations. Um, then all of the lengths of the pipe were put into this CFD at Myra, the car right. passed, the crash test. Yep. And basically that tells you that the car is safe, that you get into an accident. You can hopefully live, but yeah, they're most dangerous, right? You get an odd thing yeah, like Panton. Yeah. You think Panton thought that he would ever run through some oil field pipe? Thanks. Yeah. You, you know, like when Myra is sitting down crushing that, they're not thinking about oil field pipe coming through the bottom of your floor. True. Right? Um, so once, yeah. once, the, once the data passes these figures, they yeah. approve it, right? And the, the, what I can also sit here and tell the public is that you've seen the strength of my car. I've been in two serious accidents with it, and it's still the same shell going. And you only ever see that around here with like WRC cars, cars mm-hmm. that aren't built like tanks, where the guys hit them. Roger Hill rolled his Celica a few times, and repair go again or Corolla, both, both, both. right, and repair go again. Cars are built like tanks, like WRC tanks. Yeah. This same place, Myra, they do all the work for WRC guys, so they know what's expected of a roll yeah. cage. Um, so that's where I end on the roll cages part. <laughs> Josh, you got anything you want to add? Um, when it comes to safety, for sure, I think it's a it's an important fact. I mean, nobody wants to drive a car and get hurt, right? Nobody wants to be unsafe. I think if you're talking about safety of cars, you can't only look at Group S because Group S. Um, and again, I'm not referencing any other people, but the um, well, I guess I will reference someone else to make it easy. <laughs> For example, <laughs> Neil Corbin's car. Yeah. Right. If if uh, a lot of people may look at my car and consider it to be unsafe, but not look at Neil's car, I think that's unsafe, right? But there's really no difference between two cars, and, and I mean there may be some roll cage differences. Maybe I have more pipe in my car. I don't know. But the, if you're talking about safety, which I think is a serious topic, and like the lengths that Roger went to, he's probably the only person who did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is. It's something that I think, sure, there's room for improvement. There are things that we can do to maybe make the sport more safe. Um, is it unique to, to Group S? No. Um, I think it's something that is wider than that. Um, the difference between my car, and again, I'm drawing like Neil Corbin's car or Jamal Brathwaite's car, like those guys are doing the same top speed as me. We're, we're doing the same top speed. The difference is the, the, the speed in which I get there. Right. So going through the kink at the top of Kendall, we're all going through there at the same speed. It might give the impression that my car may seem more dramatic because of the sound. Um, 
and whatever else makes it makes it that way. But the truth is that the, the safety of the cars have to be governed by how they're built. And I mean, if you're building your car at a standard and you're you're doing what you need to do to keep it safe, I, I think classifying the cars as unsafe, I think, is probably a, not a fair comment, right? Because you're, you're there's it's a lot. It, you're dealing with a whole wide range of cars because. Again, the difference between my car and all the other two-wheel drive cars, bar one or two, is that it is very little. I mean, yes, I have fiberglass on my car, um, but aside from that, and that's not even that in itself, I don't think is a safety concern. Um, but it, I think when it comes to your rules, the question needs to be asked, what is it you're trying to achieve? I actually do. I, there's a lot of talk that I hear watching the programs and stuff before that the Group S needs to be looked at. I'm not a diehard Group S man, just to put it on the floor. Like I, I, I'm not like bound to Group S, and I don't think that Group S is the best thing ever. I, I just, that's where I am. But if someone wants to make a change, I'm not opposed to change. Um, but there needs to be a reason for the change that is going to benefit in some way, whether it be safety or making it more affordable or you know, encouraging more people to get involved in the sport. Um, but certainly, um, a lot of effort goes into the build quality of my car as well. Like we put a lot of effort into what we do, making sure we put good stuff on it so it's safe. Um, and yeah, it's a smaller car, so is it fair to compare it to a car like Rhett's? In certain instances, there are different accidents that can happen. If, as Roger said, if Rhett hits a bridge wall, he might have a more dramatic accident than if I do. But if I have an incident where I hit into something I, that requires some sort of cushion between me and the accident, then Rhett, Rhett might be in a better position than me. So it's just so difficult to classify the cars as being unsafe because I don't think that's... And, and every accident is different. Exactly. There's so many variables. Uh, so I am all for safety. I don't drive... If my car was unsafe, I wouldn't drive it. Right. I wouldn't drive it yeah. if my car was unsafe. Full stop. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think that, that in itself... Maybe and, and bear in mind, all the WRC cars, R5 cars, they're all much heavier than us. Yeah, well, not not me. No, not right. <laughs> <laughs> you I think, got a little tank there. You think that but this conversation stems from? Well, where does it be begin with? Is it is it like just people watching? Is this uh, competitors in WRC class or R five class? I, that's I don't think it's any of that. I think I, it's just where, uneducated people. Right. So they're just seeing cars because obviously they're getting faster because the work's being done. So they are this. thinking that because the cars are so light mm -hmm. yeah. that they're a death box. Yeah. yeah. So we we spoke about this before. Um, actually, I think it was only Neil was here at that point, and you guys. Um, where rallying came from to where it is now, back in my dad's day in Group S, he had a 500-kilogram Volkswagen Beetle, right? Yeah. Running in short pants and a T-shirt and, and a helmet, barefoot. You know, those guys thought about it on a, on a Friday, built it on a Saturday, raced it on a Sunday. <laughs> our cars can't do that. We can't do that with our cars. Uh, similar to Roger, obviously, I didn't go through the exercise with the MSA with him because he did his car locally. My shell was built in Ireland. So all that was done by the company that built it. Well, the body shell itself. Yeah. So I didn't have to go through that whole process. They just supplied you with a document when it was finished. Here you go. This is the certification. Um, and I'm sure Barry has the same thing for his car. Um, I'm not sure about Neil, but I know Neil's car was done professionally by you know a reptile company that builds these cars all over the world. Mm -hmm. So it's safety. Yes, I wouldn't like Josh. I would not drive my car if it was unsafe. It just my life means more to me than, than driving a scaffold yeah. <laughs> with some, with some uh, plastic back there, There's also a couple of things to add to it, I think, that has also given the perception, um, which the group of us in here actually have helped police um, as, as competitors that want to have a safer environment um, when it comes to the composite panels. Um, motorsport, 10 years ago, 
guys were running around with like one layer of fiberglass panels, bonnet. You'll see guys coming out straight in bonnet doing this here. One bonnet looking up at you, the door leaning out, right? Carton fiberglass, like one, one, one and a half one millimeters layer. thick, right? Um, and that was acceptable at the time. Um, and then there came a point where... Would you argue that that was dangerous? That was dangerous, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've you got a bonnet doing like this here, that let go and blind your driver, off the road he goes, right? right? Um, so because there was no... And then when Red and I sat down and looked at the regulations, there was nothing in the regulations controlling composite panels. There was, it just said fiberglass panels were allowed, but that's no, it. no further definition. No further to definition. thickness or whatever. No, nothing like that. So in 2016, I sat down and made a regulation, and the club has actually adopted it, and it, it's gone in there, and that's for rela- replacement body panels. And then we come in here and we say the doors now have to be five millimeters, four, four millimeters thick. Um, we have to have test holes to measure that. If you go with a ca- carbon Kevlar, it can be slightly thinner because carbon Kevlar is stronger. Um, and like to give you an example of the level I go to, the minimum here is four. My doors are six. Right. Right. Um, and the video that we posted on Facebook earlier, those, door- those doors were three and a half. They're not even up to the minimum here. Right, yeah. Right. For those of you who don't know what he's talking about, um, M&M and Watson Racing put together and did a video dropping some kettlebells on both fiberglass and metal doors just for comparison from nine and a half feet. Uh, so you can chat out on their Facebook page if you want to, to get yeah. reference to what Roger's talking about. So, and just to touch on it there, so we came up with this rule to do this, um, to, to, to try to bring safety in there because my opinion is just because something is fiberglass or composite, don't ignore it. It's a wonderful material. Farm one cars are all composite and they're very safe. If it's used right, it can be very good. You have the problem with fiberglass doors, for example, where you go and look at a competitor's car and he's got a fiberglass door and where it goes on, his door hinges, it's just a bolt and a nut. Well, you could hold on to that door and pull, pull that straight off of there. So what we've done here is where it's any regulations, where that is, we then fiberglass in a steel plate with your nuts. So that's glass into the door. So that can't go anywhere, right. not there forever, mm-hmm. right? What's proven to be an advantage in the composites versus the steel, which is shown in our test, is it's able to give and deflect, right? If you watch the kettlebell fall on it, yeah, it's like rebounds almost, it right. bounds it back off. Yeah. Steel, not the same thing. The steel is just going to take it all in and come at you, right? right? Um, now, you may ask, well, why aren't the WRC cars now running composite doors? I asked myself the same question because I think they're running metal doors. The whole yeah. car is composite yeah. apart from the door. Yeah. The only reason I can think of is for dust and sealing because a metal door, composite has give, flexibility. Mm-hmm. You're dealing in gravel rallies, wet rallies. You want a door that will seal onto its door rubber all the way around. You can't afford for dust to be coming in there with a 30-mile stage. Right? right. You, you go mad. Yeah. Um, that's all I can think of. I haven't been able to speak to someone on the, like, the current WR scene to confirm that. That's my only reason I can think why they are because... In my opinion, from what I have watched online, my research, composites are far better than metal. Once used in the right is thicknesses, it, Is obviously. it possible that the metal doors would, um, in, in the event of something, you know, like the same, you, you gave the example of when Panton left the road and had the oil pipe come through his car. Is it possible that perhaps a metal door would be more resistant to something coming at it like that? Uh, mm-hmm. Depends on the composite. Rather I, than I, an for impact? For example, well, my, my doors are carbon Kevlar uh, right. at 6 mil. And at five mil is what a bulletproof vest is. Right. right. So puncture of a Kevlar door is 
You know, yes, it's going to be hidden. It's possible, but it's, it's possible, less but likely it's than... Less likely. Right. And, I, I would, I would, and that would be stronger than a metal door? Definitely. Right. And to answer you, Jeremy, as well, I would also, I would point blank say no. And the reason no, I think what? is Sorry. that the steel door would be weaker than the composite. The, the stronger no the steel door is weaker so the composite right would be strong. oh sorry it accident with yes. the oil pipe yes the, st- the composite door i think would do better because and the reason i can say that straight off the bat is because the metal doors are not like road car doors all of the bars inside like your safety bars that which we did in our test we cut them out because everybody that has a metal door they gut it every all right. that's there is a little one millimeter metal skin that's it right all these safety bars that the manufacturers put there they're gone yeah right if those safety bars were there, like in Panton's accident, and then you compare that to a composite door, whole different ball game. Right. Then we would need to take a composite door and glass in a piece of steel to, to compare that level of strength. But comparing just that metal skin to like a composite that you're tripling, quadrupling the thickness, no chance. Um, I know that he cannot be here to defend himself, but should we bring up Daryl's accident in this? Because maybe that has some bearing on... Well, I think not, that I mean not on composite, not on composite. But I think that right. I think Daryl's crash was was was. Um, I think that definitely put a little bit of spark in the whole two wheel drive fire, right? Like that. I think after, and I'm not saying that that, it was, that is correct, but I just think after his accident, you know, and thankfully him and Russell are okay. Mm-hmm. But I think that definitely like after that, it seemed to like spark up from some other competitors and people that I spoke to and other, I guess, just more sport enthusiasts that you see. There's way we need to get rid of these two wheel drive cars. Look at what happened to Daryl and Russell. When that could have happened realistically in any car. Look at what the woman upon this car. Yeah, Ooh. true. Swiss yeah. cheese. Sam Rally. Sam Rally. Yeah. Uh, Swiss cheese. Yeah. Well, don't Sam Rally. You're, you're, you're after. Oh, you're after. Yeah. Sorry. So, same, same Rally bar race. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. And, and like. And both, both accidents were the ext- extremes of one another. One was a sudden stop. Yeah. And one was a, a roll that continued, but just happened to have a lot of dangerous debris in the road. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. There's no comparison between yeah. the two. I mean, the, the first accident that I had in my starlet up in um, like Mount Gay, Luke Hill, that I, I came to a dead stop at a tree. I was doing 64 miles an hour when I hit that tree, and I just came to a dead stop. The biggest damage I had was from the seat belts, uh, which I think is what Russell and Daryl had as well. Um, since then, I've learned from the accident and changed how some of my seat belts are done to, to, to avoid that. And the unfortunate thing with Daryl's car is that I really wanted to see it after the accident to learn from the damage, but that wasn't, it wasn't possible to see it because being a, a bit of an engineer or fabricator, it's nice to see what happens to a car because then you can learn, well, we should get competitors to mount things differently. We should yep. do this differently. Um, but unfortunately with his accident, I don't know what speed he was doing when he hit tre- the tree stump, but um, I think the majority of all of their damage didn't come from the tree stump. It came from the seat belts. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, you say seat belts, but remember the girl earlier this year that died in the R three car? I think it was. Yeah. It was seat belts that did the damage. They did not stretch or pop as they were supposed to. So there's a limit that the seat belts get to. I see. The, the thing is, in, in Barbados as well, we don't we don't um, necessarily destroy seat belts after an accident because you're supposed to after a certain impact, you're supposed to cut the belts. Yeah, it's near or the safety people are supposed so to cut. You can't them. use it again. So you can't really? use it again because yeah. they're designed to stretch. Because they're stress, stress tested and all yeah. that, right? They're designed to stretch at a certain point and that's it. So if you've stretched them already, put them back in the car, go run it again and have an accident, they ain't gonna stretch no more. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's no, there's no, um, <clears throat> excuse me, there's no uh, regulation right now for seatbelt mounting positions. No, there is. There, there, there is. is. There, there are some, some regulations because there's some stupid things you can do, especially with these belts here. If you Shoulder take these belts, belts <laughs> you, yeah. Oh, you mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those guys? Those <laughs> yeah. 
Fuck y'all. Fuck like, for example, that's a stupid thing to do. Yeah, yeah, this is a stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. This is stupid. This that's is a for your hands, brother. This is a stupid thing to do. Yeah, yeah. All right, fuck off. Um, Let's move on. <laughs> but yeah, a simple one like these belts here. So there's a rule dictating what angle the mounting has to be. And very simple, if you take the angle down and you were to mount them like down there, yes. when you try to slide far in your belts, the belt is going to want to bring you down to the mountain height. So it compresses you, it right. screws your spine up. Uh, so those, those belts need to be like parallel. Uh -huh. there, there is a slight allowance of angle, but not what much. about What about where they mount into the floor? Yes, so there is a regulation. They, they can't be, sorry, they can't be further back. They don't have to be straight right, down, Directly beneath you? In front, yeah. Or in front. Because if it's back and you have yeah. a head-on collision, it's gonna, you know what's going to happen. It's going to yeah. rip you up. Yeah, no kids. Yeah. No yeah. kids. Yeah. 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 See, and as I said, like Dara Scar, we weren't able to look at all this after the accident to see if it was all I'm not saying done. anything was wrong No, I'm not saying anything. Right. That. It may have been 100% right, but it just would have been nice to know how these guys sustained the injuries they did and how can we make it better that it doesn't happen again. And so I gave you the mic. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I, I had no idea, obviously, that... I mean, it's part of the reason, right? I mean, I was probably one of those uneducated people that perhaps made th sad things. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, who I, else would I, wear this I, shirt? I can, I can see where you're coming from because if you look at the people in the stages, just watch spectators as the cars are yeah. coming. When the R5s come and the WRC, everybody's like, yeah, man, yeah. When something, bend the corner and it pull 9,000 RPM, spectators like... Right, but that, that was my original point. Yeah. But I thought it was perception-based that people are seeing these guys bent out of shape or, like, just people driving them hard, whereas all the WRC R5s are balanced. It just seems like nothing. Yeah. No, I mean, I that's... think there is that perception. Yeah, there that is. There is, yeah. for sure. But I just think there was, you know, again, like, I had no idea the extent... I don't think anybody did really, unless they're close to you, to which you went to your car. No, or I've even never, like I've never or even or even um <clears throat> or even Josh's car or you know what I mean? I don't know what kind of extent yours was too, but Rat spoke for you a little bit and said that he knows it was well built. And I mean I am assuming that you this like Josh and Rhett and, and uh and Roger well, that actually, you felt safe in your car I when mean, you were driving yeah, it. I feel safe in the car. Uh, I mean, I consulted Rod. Uh, Same I got, guy. Well, in mine, well, it is. I, I, I mean, I got to so. commend these guys on the, on the work that they've done. They, they obviously have gone above and beyond when, in terms of safety and, and doing the back-end research on what's necessary to be safe and to be protected. And, um, yeah, I consulted Rod. And basically, that's how I ended up with the cage in my car. And... It's done by a professional, uh, ex-Ford. Yeah, he used to build WRC, WRC cars when Ford, Ford ran the Escort Cosworth. Yeah, well, so built all their cases. So it's, it's all their you cases. know, it's not yeah. a, you know, I don't want to talk bad with anyone, but it's not like a backyard, you know, Aki Tree Man. It's a know, professional like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we wouldn't run it any other way. Some thought has gone into it, and yeah, it, it's it's just one of those things. It's um, The thing about it is that you don't want to try and, like, kind of, mainstream it too much because then the whole motorsport fraternity will lose its diversity and I think that's what we have going for us. We have people in Barbados <coughs> building their own cars and, and I think that's part of Bajan culture. Like people want to do their own thing. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, yeah. So that's something that we can't lose. So we well, need to you, have... You see it after the events with the fans where all the fans come up to you oh man we miss you all in the rally we wanted to see two-wheel drive by that time we done back down. Uh, <laughs> 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 right? But <laughs> they um, come up to you and they're like, man, these R5's boring and yeah. we want to so, hear the RPM. So the R5's are great, but we can't lose the diversity. We can't 
lose that a man can just build whatever he wants to build. If a man decides he wants to build a 12-hour starter or a Zwee Swift, there need to be regulations in place, and hopefully Roger and Rhett can get that um, to a point where whoever is questioning the safety can appreciate that and accept that to be safe, that we can still have people build whatever they want to build, because that is yeah. part of what more sport is in Barbados. That's where we've come from. That's where we've come from. Yeah. And if you try to mainstream it and just say, okay, well, you, can, you can have our, you can have WRC or Rally 2 or Rally 3 or Rally 4, nobody can go and watch. Nobody's going to be interested. No, in it. Yeah. Not saying not to have them. Include yeah. them. Include But them. just don't exclude. Yeah. As I said in a post on Facebook many weeks ago, Bar- Rally Barbados and rallying in Barbados in general has been a rally of inclusion. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what attracts so That's what many makes people it. here. So good, you yeah. Run what you bring. Exactly. Group B cars, Group S cars, standard cars, WRC cars, whatever. Exactly. I think Rally Barbados should be fo- like, should be based around that, based around a rally that you can come from overseas, you can come from England and see you, like specials, you know yeah. what I mean? Or, or like historic cars. You can mm-hmm. see current cars, like like um, what's the event they do in Italy? That, uh, rally, Legends. rally Legends. Uh, I, think, yeah. I think Rally Barbados should be like an event like that where you can have cars like that. Because um, if we if we do that and we have just these certain cars, then why are they going to leave Europe? They already have it there. Exactly. There's no reason to come. Exactly. Yeah, but we do something special here. When the um, badass at Mark to escorts comes and we drop two and three seconds of stage, any man's be like, Only? Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Aside from the time, when they get here, they're dumbfounded that they didn't have to add 200 kilos to the blasted car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So they're like, Wait, so. Why don't run this to weight at home? Well, yeah, cool. you gotta run it here. Rhett, I believe, to get that red escort up to weight, he had to come by you and your dad gave me some lead that was a counter, of a door window. Weight of a door window to basically strap into the back of the escort again. And I had a fat and barry word. I definitely think that uh, as we're talking on weight, there's this old school thing, and maybe it's in the Rally Club, maybe it's just in, in Bar- Barbadians in general, that the cars just need to be heavy, um, that as soon as they're too light, they're unsafe. Um, no, I would agree. You don't want a buggy going down your road without any steel frame around you. Just yeah. a fiberglass, fiberglass body is a problem. Yeah. But technology has come to the point where we can build lightweight cars very, very safe. And the lighter they are, as I said earlier, the less inertia when you make a mistake into the accident. Um, so, yeah, just to add on that whole thing with the weights. You see all the time, as they're saying, you guys come from Ireland with these Mark II escorts, and all of a sudden, like, oh, you want to run in this group? Well, you got to put in 100 pounds of lead. I mean, my starlight, I've got 120 pounds of lead in that. I think, I think, um, oh. I think that the – I said earlier that I don't, I don't think – I don't have a problem with change, but anytime there's going to be a change, there has to be some positive outcome. So if something's not working or something is – something, something we need to evolve to something different – then I could understand it. Uh, to, to this point, honestly, I don't quite know what uh, exactly what change has been. I've heard things said about changing Group S and, and relooking the group and that type of thing, but I'm not 100% certain of what that change or what it is that's being proposed. Right. Um, and I don't know. Um, I've heard things. I've heard several things about the, the weight. I've heard about allowing cars to come and compete that can't currently compete with the two-wheel drive cars down right. here. I've heard safety, I've heard all these things. Um, and if someone has a logical reason to make a change, and it makes sense to me, I don't mind it. Like weights, for example, uh, I, I, adding weight to the group um, personally doesn't affect me um, because my car is overweight anyways. Um, but aside from that, 
I, I don't know what value that's going to bring in terms of safety or um, or allowing like if you add add fifty kilograms to my car or to my to my way or you add mm-hmm. fifty kilograms to Roger's car. That's going to make very little difference. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Any grass and, and, and it's 50 kilograms that we have to find somewhere Fine. secure yeah. Yeah. Right. that when you yeah. get into the 10G accident, it doesn't pass your head. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. going straight out. So yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm not opposed to, I certainly am all about evolving to something new, but it just needs to make sense, you know. And I, right now, I don't think there's, there's no, there's no, there, every car that you want to bring here, there is somewhere that it fits right now. Yeah. Um, and that, that in itself, I think, is a good to recipe. Th- do the regulators collaborate with you? Are you guys involved? I'm not the regulator right here. Right. I, I'm not the regulator. Don't mind Jeremy. Or one of. I, I just cheer the. Right. But are, are, are you. Which Roger's on as well. Right. And it's all drivers and all drivers that have uh, uh, engineering or mechanical mind. Jeffrey Elliott. Yep. Edward Corbin. Neil Armstrong. Roger Skeet. Derek uh, <laughs> Edwards. There's a few, there's right. a few core people and uh, from varying groups, from WRC down to the one. Right. That look at the regulations. Now, I will admit it's not 100% focused on safety, but it's focused on making sure the, the playing field is level. Good. Right? Seeing Good. what the next evolution is, what's yep. coming, what's going. Well, I mean, just even in the last, I mean, even in this whole segment, I've learned and, you know, I've learned things from hearing all y'all speak that I otherwise didn't know. And I think there are probably a lot of people out there who perhaps came in with a, with a similar perception. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I was, I'm, I, obviously I was not strongly against these cars, but I had, a, I had a perception that, you know, shit, as sick as they are, they just, I th- these things can't be safe. But I, you know, I think I've, I don't necessarily feel that way anymore, especially the extent like Roger showing a half gun at his car, with, like <laughs> ridiculous amount of cage and stuff going in. I mean, it just, but I do agree with Josh. I think that like, I think ultimately, you know, People can sometimes be very averse to change, but if if it if it makes sense and it's not just adding weight in the car because somebody thinks they need to be heavier because that's going to make them safer, clearly Rogers demonstrated that is not the case. Well, working out in Ireland, working out there, and yeah, people, and, and, and not just Ireland. Yeah, lots of Belgium, Norway, yes, Estonia. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they're all over the place. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all right, we can we can brush that one aside. I definitely think I think that was a good one. I, I wonder if you guys have thoughts around like what wh- what do you think the future holds for these for this this group these types of cars? Where do you see them yeah. going? Maybe individually, by doesn't, car, doesn't because matter. doesn't matter what doesn't matter why. It has to take its natural progression, right? I might leave. Look, Neil left the group and went WRC, and Dane joined. Stroman only came with a Citroen. Josh stopped for a while. He came back after a couple of years. You, you shouldn't throw away something because it's not because it's no one's interested in it or it's. I didn't mean to throw it away. Years. No, as in it's it's come down right in numbers. That we, Ian Warren is not in it anymore. Yeah. In, in that group, so that group was really hefty, and like every other group, WRC group did it for many years. He had a lot of WRC cars and he had a little yeah. bit. Yeah. A lot. It just, it's just a cycle, right? So you don't don't fix something that's not broken. Yeah, that's fair. Roger? You need a a decent amount of money to get an R5. Yeah. And the thing with R5 is that then on tarmac, in my opinion, on tarmac, then it's still kind of boring. Still kind of boring. Sorry, just just not across you. To drive. Oh, so you go ahead. Just just as I was on the tip of my tongue, this conversation I had a couple of days ago with someone saying, oh, look, your car is just as much money as an R5 car. Yeah, but... Over the period of ten years, yeah, <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't foot that bill. That's a big one. Yeah. Time. People yeah. need to understand right? that. So too, they have right? to understand that as well. Yeah. 
Because yeah. any person that told me that is is very very shocking that he would say that because he's a guy and he know. Right. 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 Yeah. I've heard that multiple. We've heard that too, even here. Yeah. So we've heard it from so multiple good. people. Yeah. The amount of money that y'all have sunk into these cars. Yeah, but it's you should just buy an R five. Exactly. But that's, yeah. that's all. Everybody. It, it wasn't like the, the check was written all at once. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Like and Josh too. Like, 10 years, how long was your start? Like five years? Easily five years. Exactly, yeah. and your start has been like that's 20 years probably. Exactly. Like, yeah, you know, it's version, just- Version three, yeah, I think, I think, tomorrow. I think, I think certainly if if it wasn't for Group S and, and how Group S was structured, I never would have gotten where I am now, never. Why? Yeah. Just because you know, never being in a position to just foot uh, out and out purchase of something at that level. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I've I, my entire rally career has been extremely budget oriented i mean i run on a on a very very tight budget every time and it's a but it's allowed me that's why it took me 10 years but it allowed me to do a little bit here a little bit there and every way every step of the way there was someone else and a few other people in that range with me that we were just moving together and it was constantly competition constantly going and then you know you always set a target and you get there and it's, the development is still there even though it's you never reach that goal because there's always something more you want to do something more you want to experiment with but i think not having that would put people at a disadvantage at reaching the level that we have come to um, over a period of time you know and i think that's important for for the for the club and for rally uh, I wanted to ask a little bit about sponsorship and how over the years has it changed in trying to secure it or um, I mean some of you have some very long-standing relationships I don't know about some of you but um, tell me through like in terms of sponsorship has this have you seen like a real clamoring for advertising in the past 10 years compared to now or has it changed in any way that's just for my personal I, I'm, I'm just intrigued by by how that works. It's come a long way and it's changed. Yeah, yeah. come a long way and it's changed. Um, what hmm, sponsorship is a funny old thing. Um, what I certainly the companies that I'm with right now are the, I guess some of the best companies I've ever been with. I would have to say, um, and the reason is is not only do they sit down at a table with me and plan to give me a, a lump sum of cash for sponsorship to put towards all my expenses, yeah. they then put aside a budget to promote the sponsorship. And that's where I think a lot of things go wrong where people say, well, I can give you this money, put it on on your rally car, and expect then to get a lot of returns back from it. But if you don't take that then and make some posters to hand out here, get some ads in the paper, yep. you know, hit Facebook, blah, 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 it, to me it's wasted money. Yep. Um, so, yeah, my two cents. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, no, for real. I mean, I think there's certain... Definitely, I think sometimes sponsors expect. I don't know what. Um, but there's two some companies. Right. I have, I have, I've had sponsors which are extremely results driven. Results, results, results. Because that's what that's what they're going to use as their marketing tool. Uh-huh. And I have a current sponsor doesn't care about the results. Yeah. As long as I do the events, show the thing, I do my my stuff on the side for the sponsor, whether it's ambassadors mm-hmm. or it's ads or it's whatever, right? So no problem. So there's two different types. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, what has taken away and. I don't want to say anything bad or anyone take it the wrong way, but what has taken away from a lot of the competitor sponsorship is the corporate sponsorship towards the events, especially mm. Rally Barbados. So you right, you mean they're sucking up dollars that yeah. they would go to a car so and, and yes, now they're putting club, it at an event. obviously needs a lot of money and a lot of people don't know what it, haven't been on the committee, I know what it takes to run Rally Barbados. Well, Neil Bernard told us it is a lot of money. Right, so yes, the clubs need the money to run the event. If not, we can rally. But at the same time, the competitors also need the sponsorship to keep the cars going to do the rally. 
So there has to be a fine balance. And for a couple of years, it was a little bit lopsided, but it's starting to, to obviously COVID no, it screwed a lot of things. But at one point, it was starting to come back towards where it was kind of like, yeah, the club's going to get. And there's enough money get. for competitors yeah. still. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I've sat, I don't know if I can even say this, but I've <laughs> Edit it out after, think about it. Say it anyway. I, Bring this man another beer. Hold on. <laughs> I, um, I definitely sat in meetings. <laughs> I definitely can't say this. Uh, but I know for a fact, just marketing budget of, say, title sponsor with the Rally, of Rally Barbados, they're spending 400 grand at least yeah. just to market Rally Barbados. It's tons. That's just in advertising. It's tons of money. Like, it's tons of money. But as Rat said, sometimes there are people, there's there's sponsors. I think there's kind of two ways to look at it. And I've been involved in rally sponsoring from I think almost both of these sides. And there's there's one aspect where you make an investment into it. You understand that there's a risk in the investment because if you're stickering a car or that you own a whole car, mm-hmm. there's obviously you want that car to do as many events as possible and um, to give you as much exposure. Uh, but you accept that there's a risk that this car could break down and or God forbid have a crash. And you can't, you know, that, and if it's out for a bunch of events after that, you're not going to say, oh, well, I gave you X amount of dollars, but you didn't compete, so you need to give me back money. So there's, there's an inherent risk going in as a sponsor. But it, as, as you guys said, it is, it is, not, it is not your responsibility no. as a driver to make my sponsorship dollars work for me. I need to accept that I'm going to give this driver X amount of dollars. And if I'm smart, I'm also then going to do my part mm-hmm. to make sure that I use this brand that the driver mm-hmm. has to leverage right. into sales or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm going to ask Neil that because, I mean, Neil, you did a lot. You did a couple of rallies overseas where you did probably Trinidad, I remember, and you won that. Did you ever feel any pressure from sponsors or, or anything like that of what you had to do? Um, think I ever felt pressure in terms of a results-based pressure. Um, but for me, as a personal thing, I have definitely felt pressure in terms of your uh, responsibilities of, of them making sure they got their marketing dollar back from what they were giving you and, and dealing with marketing people, which um, definitely was not my, my strong point. I think, it, I think it's, it's easy for it to turn into a bit of a circus. Um, which, again, is not my job. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think I ever felt, uh, I guess that Simpson was, it definitely had some results-based pressure being put on you. Um, but, yeah, that's the name of the game. That's, that's just how it is, you know? People giving you money, and it's, you know, it's a job. They're giving you money, they want to see, they want to see something in return, and, and it's just like some employers, uh, some are more strict than others, or yeah. some expect more from their employees than others, and, and that's just how it is. And you have to just kind of weigh the pros and cons and find yourself sponsors where you feel comfortable, you know? Some people, like me, might you know, want to not do certain things that other people are, 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 are willing to do, and you just need to, to build relationships over a time where you can get enough money to do what you want to do and leverage your time, um, what you're willing to do. And it's a constant balance, I guess, in those two those two areas. Appreciate everybody being candid with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, no responses are very important. Of course, yeah. absolutely, hundred percent. Well, not only for y'all, but for anyway, the rallying in general, you know. It's anybody need it wouldn't happen. Anybody need sponsorship? Like platform, you could, you know. Everybody would probably I'm sure. No, take no one's gonna refuse it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone. Nah, I good. I got um, enough. <laughs> You want to end off with um, what the plans are, future-wise, Raj, yeah. with the car, when's it going to be back? There's a couple of events coming up. 
Yeah. You're gonna be ready. Uh, you're you know, not gonna be ready. No, I'm not getting this air box till December. So oh, yeah. first event next year, I'll be back out. And um, what about Barry? He yeah, he's doing the event coming up. And uh, yeah, the car's been down for a little while doing the air box, but obviously I've been picking at other things. You <laughs> <laughs> anything you want to share? No. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> I tried. Joshua, what you we coming back how, out? How much right, you, yeah. How much are you gonna pay for information? Hold on, yeah, we gotta ask we gotta ask Josh what's happening because <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, this is exactly what it says. What? <laughs> I think a lot of people had questions on you did the event prior to Rally Barbados and then and then we didn't see you. What happened? Yeah, I did the first the first event that I drove The Sprint. Well actually the first event I drove since I Took a break was last year, the end of last year. Right. Um, but I had I had multiple issues with the car. Just it just wasn't ready because we changed some things with the suspension and we changed the wheel size and um, different things and um, it just didn't work out well. So we kind of went back and we did what we needed to do and then we drove this event um, before Rally Barbados. Yep. Um, and that went pretty good. Um, and I certainly want to get back into more regular competition, but I'm definitely not going to be back at the stage where I'm going to be hitting it uh, hardcore all the time, every single stage. I mean, every single rally. Like, uh, you know, I'm going to probably more pick and choose. Kay. The reason I didn't do Rally Barbados is that um, I it just didn't feel right. Like, I just didn't feel like it was something I wanted to get into at this point. It's Kay. really, it takes a lot. It takes a lot out of you time-wise as well. And, mm-hmm. um and I knew these events were coming up, and I like I get so much enjoyment from doing like a double header event. It's not even funny. I mean, right. I, I, like that event at Kendall, I just thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. And my plan is to do that. Maybe do a couple one day rallies. Maybe rally Barbados if if I feel like. Mm-hmm. But um, for the time being, that's it. You know, I want to get back into it. I want to see if I'm able to stay competitive. I mean, it's been a while. You know, like obviously coming down to the end of when I was rallying, Roger and myself had some good bottles. bottles. Great um, battles. Real intense battles. Um, I think for a period of time, we didn't even talk to each other. Like, <laughs> 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 um, no, I just get it. But it was, it was, it was, it was intense. You could ask Roger. I mean, there were some, some fierce, fierce battles fierce that, that battles. really made it, like, I mean, spectacular. Yeah. Like, yeah. Un, like, I mean, you couldn't, like, literally you, um, you went out there and you could not blink. Yeah. Mm. Could not blink. And you guaranteed it every single time. There were other people who were there and thereabouts as mm-hmm. well. But every single time we were, you know, it was just, it was really an, an experience. So, mm. I, I mean, will I get back to that point? I don't know because Roger's obviously been, you know, he's been competing for the last three years that I haven't. And, I mean, he done some work with the car and gone yeah. faster. So, I don't know if I will get back to that to that level. But, I mean, certainly um, certainly going to give it a go and, and try and see how we compete, you know, how, how competitive we can be. That's it. Throw down the gauntlet see what happens. Try, you know. Right. Yeah. Cool. Right? Yeah. Wait. I thought he was going to... So you're still going to use the Starlet, right? You rebu- you doing any rebuilds or are you just... It's almost ready? No, no. Yeah, yeah, no. I still am. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, still using the Starlet. We have changed some things on it, right? Okay. I mean, we've, we've changed some suspension. Uh, still... Uh, we got a new arrow. We got a new arrow. We got a... We, we, the, the engine is still the same size engine. Okay. Um, car's a bit heavier now because mm-hmm. put on bigger wheels and that type of thing. So... Uh, but still, it feels good on the 15s. The, the, the car feels really nice. Mm-hmm. So I think it has co- it has potential. Okay, certainly. cool. Yeah. In the meantime, we'll just wait for Neil Corbin to get a bigger engine, right? Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, was it you or someone? You were saying last time you only <laughs> just got an 18 and yeah, stopped playing? Just stop fooling around. Yeah. Right. Just come and do it. Yeah. Um, come and play with the big boys. That's then. it, right. <laughs> Neil Armstrong, <laughs> when it. are you coming back? Nipping. Um, hopefully, um, hopefully mid to end of next year. I would um, like to do like a car zero. Uh, like to do that with your starlet with the starlet oh okay just, uh, just to feel it yeah just feel it out shake it down Are the issue with the starlet is um that i just i can't i don't want to get in a dog fight with these boys at this stage uh i think i'm you know uh, past that um but <laughs> We'd like to. We'd like to come and uh, come listen, have a are, are you? Are you? Do you share their their kind of perspective? Where they they you know both you guys said that you enjoy kind of the shorter one day or double header events most rather definitely. than a rally Barbados. Oh, that most Love definitely them. that is that's where my focus is for sure. Uh, rally Barbados is just uh, as Josh said, time consuming, but more importantly, very very expensive to do. Um, morning event in you know St John or anywhere like that is just perfect. That that's where I would like to be. Uh, so let's give the car a little shake down middle of next year and then going forward from that pick and choose some morning events hopefully that Josh and Roger are not doing <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna wait to see the entry list and I'm like ah good yeah and turn up yeah yeah that's what yeah, I'm gonna do uh, yeah that's the plan that's the plan <laughs> Rat, you yeah, seem uh, to be the only one that takes it seriously in here. I'm just kidding. Well, not, not, not judging my rally wherever this. Um, <laughs> I actually spoke with Andrew Jones uh, a couple of days ago and those guys, him and Barry and Neil Corbin, all them in a fight for these points and things. I said, well, Jones, don't worry about me. I, I think I can stick to this skate and thing. You ran too many of them. That's well. Well, <laughs> it was that. And too many already. Honestly, um, truth be told, is, I lonely, have a lot. is it lonely on the top? <laughs> Very. Yeah. 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 Um, no, truth be told, I have a lot on my plate at the moment. And next year might be a slim year for me. I might just pick and choose events. Yes, Rally Barbados, because I have sponsors that. You know, we need to do Rally Barbados to, to get the mileage, um, but it might not be all the events. Uh, just, you know, life goes on. You have, I have stuff that needs to be done and dealt with. Yeah. Uh, whether it's going to be competing for the win or competing for sport, for sport skate around. Uh, to tell you the truth, the, um, the skate around was pressure-free, not mm-hmm. a care in the world. We had conversations like, like Corbs and, and Roger did, me and Bradley. He was telling me, all right, I got enough people here, skate it here. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that, that was, it was, a, it was a nice change. Yeah. So that's going to continue for your next event uh, next weekend. Good. So nice. Uh, more skating next yeah. weekend. Good. Yeah, tossing out your time card. Yeah, you're not, <laughs> not, not worrying about your times too much. Good, man. That, that, that Jones and them, them boys going. It's always nice to see the BMW driven that way. You're not going to lie. Well, it's sketchy. It's long, huh? It looks so. <laughs> <laughs> that was stick between some cut rock. Quick. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right, get out of control. Uh, no, that's a good action, man. Cool. Well, boys, um, anybody have any parting words, anything they didn't say that they wish they could have said before I, we close off? I, I, the only thing I would say is I don't really think that Josh and I were able to get over to the public how effing awesome our cars are to drive. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it. I will when, say that. When, as Josh said, when you get that good run, everything is where it's meant to be. All the notes are on point and everything has just gone through. It is Ben and Seth. <laughs> and from another competitor, I ain't getting in the car with neither one of them. <laughs> Fair enough. I think you're, you're a planner. It was you, you're navigating for me in this cup coming event. Is that, uh, that, was, that was a big announcement? <laughs> I gotta be a no. <laughs> all right. I'll go, I'll go rat in the bus if it's <laughs> hey. All right. You can take the bus. Yeah, so we, can, we can definitely do that. <laughs> Ladies and gents, uh, we appreciate the listenership. YouTube, Facebook, IG. 
uh, to everybody here today. We yeah, certainly guys. appreciate the thank time. You, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it, man. And a shout out to Sparko, who makes the best shirt in Barbados. Ever. Good. Well, not in Barbados, it's but yeah. Formula, fuck off. Good. <laughs> Bye.